Welcome once again to another episode of The Skinny on Beauty, where beauty and art and technology collide. With your host. I'm so excited. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Uh, welcome to another episode of Skinny on Beauty. Um, today, I'm coming to you live from Skype. I'm not in the studio. Just got back from a vacation in Mammoth, and I think I'm still adjusting to the altitude, actually. <laughs> but I'm here, and I'm so excited for the show today. We have Simone Rodzins with us from Calagia. And today we're going to be discussing the cannabis industry. And now the commercial sales of the cannabis for adult use is legal under Prop 64. The cannabis industry is booming. Today we will be discussing how to build your cannabis beauty business, compliance, finance, and strategy. Thanks so much, Simone, for being here with us. Thank Calling you. Calling in from L.A. Thank you. Yes, yes. Let me just go through the quick intro that I have for the podcast. Um, I'm your host, Cheryl Holly, digital and influencer marketing expert for beauty, wellness, and fashion brands, consultant, professor, social media influencer, and entrepreneur. You can contact my company, Unite Socially, about how we can help you increase your brand awareness through social media, digital, and influencer marketing. Or follow me at Skinny on Beauty to connect with other successful entrepreneurs like Simone and hear rich success stories to keep you focused and motivated. In this podcast, we offer up digital marketing tips for you to be more successful, inspiration to live your dreams through personal development, business, and insights on how to be a prosperous and happy entrepreneur. Simone is an international business strategist with background for nearly a decade in finance, risk management, and business process improvement for Fortune 500 companies across the world. Simone used to actually live in France. How was that? France and Spain, right? France and Spain, yes. I miss it every day. (laughs) Do you? I bet it's very different. Yes. Well, entrepreneurs, I mean, in the United States, we can thrive as entrepreneurs here. And culturally, living in France and living in Spain, as much as I love the culture so much with the food and the music and everything like that, it's hard to be an entrepreneur. The system's not set up to thrive in entrepreneurial world yet. 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 We're getting there, though. We're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) And in today's show, we're going to dive into these sectors as how they relate to the cannabis beauty brands. So everyone that's listening live, please help me welcome Simone to the show. Uh, Simone, tell us a little bit. I know that, uh, you know, I want to dive into you as an entrepreneur, but, you know, I really like to start with a roadmap of how you got into the cannabis industry. Okay. Yes. Well, I think, so I was living in France and I was working in management consulting and I had moved there thinking that I would be, you know, sipping on my espresso, working 37 hour work weeks, being by the Eiffel Tower all the time. And (laughs) the reality wasn't that I was a business strategist and I was traveling all the time, a lot back to America, a lot, I mean, all around the world. So every two weeks I'd be posted in Paris, every two weeks I'd be somewhere else. And after a while, that just gets a little draining, you know, just on your energy, on, you know, just what you kind of want to do. And I said to myself, hey, I'm going to move back to America um, and start my own thing. 
I had done enough to feel confident and I had enough cash flow reserve to know that I could easily get clients, not in cannabis. I, at that time, I was not even aware of the cannabis industry and the thriving cannabis industry. And that's like end of 2013. And so I moved back and, you know, I picked up some clients. I took a company, so I'm a CPA. So it's easier for me, I think, to get, to get into the entrepreneur. Hey, I can help you. I can give you financial advice. So it was easy to pick up a few clients. And, and I started just, you know, I found my place in Venice, California, started getting those clients. And when you move places, they give you these free magazines. And so I had subscribed to like, you know, Fortune 500 magazines, business ones, and then people. And there was this, you know, it is, this is early 2014, this marijuana entrepreneur. It was like on the cover of the magazine. I believe it was a woman, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. And I felt... I was like, I want to, I want to do this. And I, you know, so I, I I just said to myself, I want to do this. And I had no idea what to start doing. And so I had enough money saved up. I took a little hiatus from any consulting. I went up North. I entered my background's business process improvement and interviewing people, you know, to understand how something works and to really figure out the root cause. So I just started interviewing as many people as I could, asking them what's up with the industry, what is the industry, to really understand kind of where I could make my move into the industry. Yeah. You know, and so I went in it under the, you know, the context that, hey, I'm a CPA. I can kind of help you also with your business, um, trying to figure out about the industry. And so I helped a CPA company that specialized in the cannabis industry. I consulted for them. We built up an office um, in Oregon. So then I was able to get the behind the scenes looks right. to the financials of the cannabis industry. Yeah. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. It's how I got in. And now you actually do strategy calls with people yeah. on how to get into the cannabis industry, right? And so, so Simone is a fellow podcaster. So you're actually the second fellow podcaster that I've ever interviewed. So I've been doing this for like four years. So it's, it's just, it's cool because, you know, I interview entrepreneurs all the time, but not everybody has a podcast. And so it's kind of fun when you get to interview other people that love the space and that enjoy and understand, you know, what we're doing. We also have that in common. And I was, you know, so a little background of like why I was interested in the cannabis industry myself was because, you know, I I do a lot of like beauty advising and uh, there's a lot of cannabis beauty brands. And now that it's, uh, you know, the, the cannabis industry has been thriving, as you said, since like 2013. But now with like the, the new regulations and compliance, and I want to talk to you about that because I'm not as, you know, abreast as you are on those things. So we met, remember who introduced us at CWES? Julia. Well, yes, Julia, but Kendra. Do you remember? <gasps> Kendra! Yes! <laughs> And so Kendra, Kendra, Liz, and I are both in you staff professors. And so, yeah, so I, so I saw her like kind of promoting the cannabis industry and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking about getting into this industry. And so Simone and I met, Simone also is the founder and leader of CWES, which is Cannabis Women Empowerment Summit. And that just happened in LA. So if you guys missed it, I'm sorry, it was sold out. <laughs> but there was some wonderful things going on there. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on that and tell us, you know, what you did at CWS and, you know, kind of some of the highlights there that you'd like to touch on. 
Oh, yes. And then I want to dive into like the beauty stuff because I'm excited to give you some insight. So CWES, again, it's it's interesting. And I'm, I'm so curious, you as an entrepreneur, you know, when you think you are on your right mission of, okay, I, I'm supposed to go on this path. And then all of a sudden, the universe gives you some other things to tackle. And and it's always a fun opportunity, but it's maybe not what you expected. And so in July of 2017, so last July, okay. uh, there was a gal who approached me and was like, hey, I, I really want to find a space, a, a safe space where I can connect with women and network with women. She is an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry. And I was like, well, that's interesting. You know, I, I have events but they're open to men and women she's like no no i really would like something else so of course i rolled up my sleeves and i was like okay well let's just do let's not just do an event let's do a a leadership thing and so that was the first one and it was you know um it was a day-long thing i designed a curriculum to help people build better businesses so in that one it was like um smart goals you know um specific measurable attainable realistic and time sensitive goals and working with you know finding leaders to kind of be mentors to the women that were there and it sold out we made entrepreneur like it was awesome but it was needed right like that's the thing is there are so many women that they were like i've waited 30 years to have something like this and i just thought it's my i just felt like I just needed to do it. And so the second one, this one that we did in January, you know, people were like, it needs to be two days. I was like, okay, well, let's do two days. Um, and my whole goal in this was to, you know, women in the cannabis industry two years ago held 37% of the CEO positions, as because, which is higher than any other industry, right? So more than tech and, and as we'll discuss, cannabis I believe, you know, is we're, we're at the very ground floor of this. And so to have that, that's a very good stance for women, you know, of what we could achieve, you know, in equal C-level suite positions and building our own business in, in a different paradigm. But the alarming factor is that, you know, in just a year and a half, that percentage has declined by 10%. Oh, yes. And so I'm in the business of making money, right, of helping people make more money as a CPA. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what, this is great. Let's have an empowerment summit to make sure that we can spur ideas, that we can align with each other. But with the whole concept of I want to give these women financial tools and inspiration to realize that they can achieve what they set their mind to with a a specific blueprint of doing that. And so this you know, this last one, I, and I couldn't have done it without these mentors, without a Kendra, without a Miss Kindness, without the women that helped me do this, because I had this vision of getting the right people in place. So we got leadership people, we got, you know, people with core messaging, branding, digital marketing, right. people in clients, CPAs, you know, to give the women an overview of, you know, here's some workshops where you can take some of this information and apply it to your business. Yeah. So what, but what really was interesting is it's the workshops that they get to talk to each other in and the mentoring sessions that, you know, I, we trained the leaders on how to, or I trained the leaders on how to, you know, actually go through the workbook and make sure that the women were filling it out. And wow, I think, I mean, we got to have, we have to touch base with all the ladies to see if it's going to work. But I mean, the whole goal was give these women tools to set high sales goals, to learn how to manage their money 
so they can continue to build profitable businesses because with that money, they'll be able to go reinvest in their own business, hopefully inspire and hire more women and men, you know, but like really have the tools to be financially successful and financially free in the cannabis space. Yes. And yeah. And you know what? I have your book here. Yes. And I was, I was, yeah, I was going over it and I love, I mean, you do, you have this financial freedom roadmap and it talks about sales and expenses and, you know, both of us, you know, we, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs in different ways, you know, and, and this, I mean, I love the roadmap that you have here because a lot of entrepreneurs, what we lack is, is really our own guidance of really actually aligning our goals on paper making it very visual for us to, to follow, you know, our personal, financial, professional, and community goals. And I love that you put the community in here because that's actually the first time that I've seen that, you know, in, in like a planner. So, uh, and I met, you know, going back to the beauty brand thing, I met a lot of beauty brands there that were, you know, showcasing some of their little trial products for CBD products and things like that. And so, you know, I, I, I really, I gained a lot from this summit, and I think that it was very well uh, delivered, and the messaging was great, and all of the women were so excited, and so I think you did a really good job. I was very impressed. Thank you. Um, let's talk about a little bit of the compliance, you know, like, what is compliance, Simone? Oh, no, no, that is the answer, or that's the question. I think yeah. I'm a very long-winded answer. So, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because compliance is, it's multifold, right? Um, there's compliance with your business, with the city that you're operating with, with the state. It's compliance with all these factions of government, uh, okay. compliance with your internal policies that you set and with with cannabis specifically this to me is i used to do anti-fraud investigations like i've done some crazy stuff in the consulting world right so i've done you know anti-bribery stuff i've worked on efa stuff i've worked on a lot of things that you know on an international level i thought i had a, i had a very good big grasp of what compliance was or what compliance is and being in this space and reading the rules and regulations and just to show you i do that all the time here's the california ones this to me is one of the most compliant industries i've ever worked in and i've worked in many industries before and it's because cannabis is still a schedule one substance on a federal level and so when you think about compliance in this space, it's complying with the local and the state laws. Um, federal laws, you know, everything is still illegal, but um, it's complying with labor laws, OSHA laws. Um, it's complying with your own internal policies. And surprisingly enough, just the rules and regulations that have been written by the state of California and all the other states that are allowing us to participate in this um, area it's very, it's very intense. Like you read, like just for advertising, for example, um, to advertise in California, if you have a cannabis brand, you need to ensure that 71.2% of your viewers are ages 21 and older. Wow. Right? Like that's just, and that's one of the easiest ones. Yeah. I was reading this for somebody yesterday, but yeah. Now, is that the same for CBD products? So CBD is very interesting. And so just to give 
do you want me to give a little overview for the difference between THC and CBD for the listeners? Awesome. Yes, they would love that. Okay. So cannabis is very interesting. We are at 1% of cannabis science. And the data that we have has been showing amazing results in terms of helping with cancer, helping with, honestly, I've like lost weight being on cannabis. So, I mean, you can go look look at the scientific things that have been already researched, uh, but we're still at a very low level of the percentage of understanding the cannabis plant. And so every cannabis plant has very different genetics. And there's different molecules in those plants. And THC is a component of a cannabis plant, and CBD is a component of a cannabis plant, right? I'm not a scientist, and if scientists are listening, they might be like, Simone, you didn't say it right. But if if you think about when you are thinking about getting high, that's with THC, right? And then when you're thinking about maybe a more calm feeling that doesn't have psychoactive effects, that's really been helping, you know, um, with epilepsy and cancer and all these things, that's CBD. The federal government looks at those currently as the same thing. Oh. Government does. Okay. Okay. Yes. The World Health Organization just last month announced that they believe that CBD is complete, that there's scientific benefits that, that is not classified at the same token as THC. Okay. So it was huge for the international community where CBD is. And so CBD is found in a lot of health products, right? And CBD, right. if it's produced from industrial hemp and contains less than 0.3% THC, can be can be shipped across state lines. THC, on the other hand, has to stay within that siloed state because you can't cross state lines legally with cannabis. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Yes. <laughs> it's so fascinating. And and I don't want to get too detailed because this would be a whole course, right, on right. the difference um, of it. But so people now, they see an opportunity internationally perhaps to focus a little bit more on CBD. Right. Just because there's there's more countries that are opening up. Mexico, for example, um, is allowing CBD. Um, Western Europe, much more focused on CBD because it's not, you know, if people if if regulators are worried about um, the consequences of high driving of, you know, operating with the psychoactiveness of THC, they're much more comfortable with integrating CBD, in my opinion. Right. So Texas, for example, has CBD laws. You can produce 0.3% or less THC, so it's considered cannabidiol, CBD. And so you can, there's a market there, Kentucky as well. California with Prop 64, THC and CBD. Right. Okay. Okay. Yes, that was so well. I, I think you did a great job. I mean, we have to break it down, right? And that's mm-hmm. definitely, I, I mean, I feel like that's very understandable and reachable for the listeners that are listening right now. And that that helps, you know, and that, that makes sense to me why CBD products are so, you know, uh, thriving right now because not only are there therapeutic effects, but it's it's also easier to be compliant and, and reach mass markets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so they then in return have different risks, right? Yeah. And so and, would and you – go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, they have – very different risks, right? And right now, at the federal standpoint, really, we're not getting enough guidance from the federal government on CBD. And so sometimes when I when there's zero guidance, it makes me a little bit worried, right? Because 
the state is specifically giving us guidance on what to do with THC. But then we've got this interesting playground in the United States for risk, non-risk averse entrepreneurs to say, well, working with lawyers and the legal team, this is the playing ground for CBD in the United States. What do I want to do with it? Am I going to be okay? Right? Because, and I'll send you some links. There's some very interesting, you know, the federal government has a patent on CBD, which is interesting. And so why I mentioned that is, you know, being careful and consulting with a lawyer for sure when you go into the CBD market, um, just so you don't use CBD, but you use cannabidiol instead of CBD. Because you'd be, um, I think, infringing upon it. This is with FDA stuff. So it's very, so it's very interesting, right? Like it's still this gray area with less regulations that allow you to be a little bit, not less compliant, but there's not as much guidance. Right, right. So, yeah, so the risk might be higher in a way, right? In a, yeah, but but also it might be more competitive. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Because more people are wanting to now get their CBD products out there and test the market. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we're being cued by Paul. We've got about a minute here, but I I do want to, after the break, go into how Calagia can help people that are getting into this industry, that are wanting to build, you know, a can of, how do you say it, CBD? Oh, a cannabidiol. Cannabidiol. Cannabidiol uh, product, and and how Calagia kind of connects professionals to align their goals to, to, um, to help people in the cannabis industry find other professionals that can help guide them through compliance and risk and measure all of these factors. So right after the break, please stay tuned. More with Simone. All right, back to Cheryl. So, yes, the mission, the mission of Calagia, uh, actually what it means, what I gathered, is to come together and proclaim our land. I love that. Thank you. I love that. And the mission is to provide cannabis operators the right people, products, and solutions to build a profitable cannabis business. So you get help from professionals in the cannabis industry that can help you with all of the compliance and the risks and the the laws and the litigations that we're talking about today. And so tell us a little bit more about that and, and dive into, you know, really how people can get set up on your site. Oh, yes. So... You know, I created this right when I got in the space and I realized everybody's operating silos, everybody needs help. And then realizing just the punitive taxation, the fact that it's federally illegal and the fact that my mission is to help small to medium sized businesses be successful, that Calagia really serves as this ecosystem for people to be matched up with people that can help them. And so right now we're going through a very, I'm very, very excited, um, a transition into Calagia. And so we also want to help empower people to make more money. And we've just noticed that a, to find vetted professionals that understand and are really good at what they're doing that can provide affordable rates is something that we really care about. We noticed that working with other cannabis operators, there was a lot of experts quote unquote that, you know, didn't have, you know, necessarily the the best ethics nor um, even the experience to be charging a rate that they're charging um, and the client service that they're that they're working on. And so 
our goal, our main target market who we really want to serve is anybody that wants to open up a cannabis business. And we are in the business of finding great people. And so how Calagia works is, you know, there's going to be 150,000 new jobs in California by 2020 as it relates to cannabis, which is so exciting, right? Yeah. So we're kind of, two, we're twofold. And so I'm a consultant, right? And um, you are as well. And so the stage one right now, we're just trying to find vetted experts that we can, you know, we've teamed up with a global background check company um, to get the right people on our platform um, that can help our cannabis operators. And then we're also, you know, we have, we get so many leads on new jobs and, you know, a new, one of our clients, you know, getting, uh, opening up new facilities, locations that they need talent. And so we're like, okay, so even if you're an an expert or a consultant. So we just kind of level them off of, you know, do you want to work somewhere full time or do you want to kind of build your own business as an entrepreneur? What's your skill set? Are you good at digital marketing? Are you good at marketing, social media? That's what you would be consulting somebody on on Calagia, right? As an as a expert. But let's say that somebody's listening and they're like, you know what? I don't really want to build my own business and I want, I want to find something that's more full time. We can also help you there. So our whole goal is to really match the cannabis operators with the right people, with the right products, because again, product providers are very important in this space, right? Especially if you're growing, if you're manufacturing, you need to find, you know, affordable equipment that works, all that kind of stuff. So the goal is, you know, help as many entrepreneurs as possible. My my personal goal is 10,000. Good job. Yes, 10,000 on that website. Um, and then to end cannabis prohibition, because it's a global website. We've got people all over the world on it. Focus right now on California, though, by 2030. So, I mean, the whole the whole goal of Calagia really is to let's all work together on this. You know, let's come together. Let's proclaim the land of, you know, cannabis freedom. Because when you understand, when you start peeling back the layers of why it's prohibited, you just don't get it. <laughs> you really just can't. I don't understand why it's been illegal for such a long time. Well, I do, but I, it's just, it's. It's mind-boggling, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely a space that, you know, you have to read up a lot on and understand so many different sectors, you know. And so I can understand. I mean, I have some friends that are lawyers. So I'm like, why are you guys not in the cannabis space? And it's like the risk thing that we're talking about. You know, a lot of people are, you know, there's, there's a lot of information there. You know, it's not like, you go, oh, I'm just going to start a CBD product and, you know. <laughs> oh, that's that's so true because I mean, honestly, I have a CPA. I could lose my license. I'm aiding and embedding right. a federal Absolutely. crime. Absolutely, you know I mean? and I think that that is definitely something that we should tell your listeners is that you know, and why we have to be vocal in politics of trying to stop this, trying to legalize it federally because it is crippling, and and realizing that there is a risk to operate and. Uh, if you are okay with that risk, though, and if you work with lawyers and you understand the compliance that it is, Cheryl, it is like the best industry to be in. And it's not because I smoke weed every day. Like, <laughs> no, I consume in the evening to help sleep, you know, for that kind of stuff. But it is so fun. You get to meet so many amazing entrepreneurs who are so passionate. I mean, People are leaving like Google's, Apple's, like I love PwC. Like I, people are leaving awesome career paths to put and inject their intelligence into this industry that literally is an industry that encompasses every industry. So it's so exciting. 
Yes. No, I, I no, and I'm very excited to talk about it, you know, because it is a space where, you know, you can definitely network with a lot of really cool, like-minded people, you know, and, and it's not something that you need to be ashamed about anymore. Like you just said, it's like, oh, okay, well, let's smoke at night to go to sleep. You know, it's like, it's not a big, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. Like I remember when, when I got into social media marketing in 2011 and that it was banned from the libraries, right? Because people were just like, oh my gosh, what is this Facebook? You know? (laughs) Yes. And I used to get judged, right? And people were like, oh my gosh, Cheryl, she loves social media or whatever. Right. And it's just, it's just funny how things evolve and people's opinions change. And, and I think that it's so cool that you're at the forefront of that because I, I know what that's like from like a different perspective, a different industry. You know, I know what it's like to be so passionate about something and then finally see, you know, some traction in a positive way, you know, and get excited behind that. So, so let's go back to some tips that we have for our listeners that you might offer, like what strategy, you know, like what, or actually, let's go with um, CFO, since you're a CFO. So managing your business like a CFO. So, so what, you know, the topic today is like building your beauty cannabis brand. So like, what would be like your three things that you would say that are most important things to do when gaining financial freedom as a business beauty brand? All right. So, oh, three. Realize that everything is inflows and outflows. Inflows means you're driving revenue, you're driving sales, you want to focus on that, focus, focus, focus on driving that, and focus on your outflows and understanding your outflows, which are just your expenses, on how you can manage those. It's so, it sounds so simple, right? I'm putting this like very grandiose 30,000 view on something later on you have to get detailed on, but when you can sit back and start being on like Mount Olympus and thinking about your business of not today, but where I want it in a year, where I want it in five years, and focusing on your whatever, you know, your revenue goals, those inflow goals, and then your net income goals, which is your net goals, that is really going to help you. Um, you know, I had this conversation with somebody. I was speaking at the Chamber of Commerce and Finance in Santa Monica, and, you know, we're talking about managing cash flow. And he was like, girl, why are you managing cash flow? You should be thinking about increasing cash flow. And I was like, yes, you're right. I, I should have used the words more wisely. And that's what I would like your, for number one, you know, inflows, outflows with the concept of increasing cash flow. Cash is king. <laughs> you know, it allows you to grow. It allows you to do so many things. So number one, think of your business in terms of inflows, outflows with the, concept of increasing my cash flow that's number one number two i mean honestly that is like if we could just do that we would be so good Um, exactly no and i was just thinking when you were talking you know that that is that's what i hear so many times in conferences is like you know definitely the increasing the cash flow it it doesn't know for everyone listening to them it doesn't have to be just like one area i mean think of like areas where you can really feel a need, you know, because there are, there are so many areas that I can talk about Simone right now of what she does as an expert that, that doesn't encompass just one, you know? And so increasing the cash flow, is really multiple revenue streams, right? Having those multiple revenue streams coming in and, 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 and how, you know, you could be successful with your bottom line, you know, what your ROI is on, on, on these different scales. 
Yes. Oh, that's so good. And just to, you know, to reemphasize, like, you can make money in so many different ways. And when you leverage cons- like consultant relationships and thinking about how can I help somebody, it's insane when you, when you change your paradigm and it's not like, how can I make money when you clearly want to make money, right? And you set your financial goals, but then thinking about how can I help? You will literally understand that you can help in so many different ways, right? And you can literally change, you can not change, you can add in so many different revenue streams. I, I would say the risk though is, you know, strategize it all. And then the concept of MVP, minimum viable product, what what one is going to work the best for you? You know, if you're starting all from new, which one do you want to focus off to, to see the returns? Because I would say step two is, yeah, don't do too much right away. You know, don't okay. out these crazy systems right away. Like really figure out what's going to work for you. Um, and then when you know that your little secret sauce of the formula, you can start, you know, kind of bouncing to your next revenue streams. It's all about, you know, the systems. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to listen to more of your podcast, Cheryl, but like, you know, I think about operations with four pillars, people, process, strategy, technology, and being able to leverage those pillars in your business and building that little, not little, that very nice foundation for you to be able to figure that secret sauce out so you can then go jump from thing to thing. I lo- Okay, so I love the four pillars. So people, process, strategy, and technology. technology. Right? So I love that you added technology. So what, what do you mean by the technology part? So I have... I hate it. I have a love-hate relationship with technology. I, you know, I have this, like, Google thing in my house that, like, knows now, turns on the lights for us. I'm like, oh, it's, like, too much. But when you think about where we are in 2018, yeah, if you can't embrace technology to make it work for you and your business, you are losing money. Yeah. You are losing money because you're not leveraging technology. And so technology with automation can help so much. And, you know, Jeff Bezos yesterday, he made in one day $2.9 billion or it must have been, I think, billion. I'll have to go back and look by his new automation of the cashier that, you know, whatnot. And so that's a whole different level of, uh, is that good and bad for the economy? But think about how, and I challenge all of us, and I'm going to do it myself. What one piece of technology are you not comfortable with using right now that you know could help your business? And spend some time to figure out how you can leverage that. Oh, I because love that. I love that. I'll do, I'll challenge. I'll do the challenge with you guys because I've got to do that right now. Because there's so many, right? And figuring out which one you want to be, like, really confident on, it, it's, um, yeah, I, I would say that's the challenge. Okay. Okay, and now tip number three. Well, so I want to emphasize, so those the, it was the four processes, but people. Okay. People, people, right? And so if we're in this, you know, also knowing what your goals are, but if you want to build this empire, you cannot do it alone. You can't. And that is something that's taken me a few years to really fully comprehend. And I wish somebody had said that to me right when I got off that plane in France. Yeah. Well, you have a great idea. But find a freaking great team that's going to help you and make sure you do the due diligence on the team and understand that 
Your role is to be a leader and your role as a business owner and an entrepreneur is not to be solo. It's to give people a new opportunity and teach them what you know how to do so you guys can grow together. That will, you know, I think, and that goes with being a CFO, right? You know, you are, when you are managing your business like a CFO, you've got to be thinking strategy. You've got to be thinking how you how you have cash flow in five years, right? And so you can't be in the nitty gritty. You got to get people who love being in the nitty gritty to help you. You know, I think that's, it's just, and it's fun to play around with more people. You have better conversations, you, you form that bond. So I would say number three is really focusing on people and how you can help, you know, again, as good Americans create more jobs, give more people opportunity where you're all, where everybody can win. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love those tips. Thank you so much. For, okay, wrapping it up then, I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, launching, uh, what you're launching with your new consulting company, Sierra. Yeah. Now, do you have a website for that yet? No, so I would tell everyone to go to SimoneCR.com. No website yet. It's, we're, we're building our playbook, you know, we're okay. making sure that we build that that little structure before we go and launch. We don't, we're doing enough number two right now. Okay. Okay. So everyone stay tuned for that. But to sign up, um, if you're looking to get in the cannabis space and you want to network with other people that can help you with everything that we've been talking about today, strategy, risk, building your beauty CBD brand, um, understanding, you know, compliance, you know, go to Calagia, which is K-A-L-O-G-I-A.com. And you can sign up. It takes what, Simone, like five minutes? It'll take five minutes and it's going to yeah. put you through a path, right? Like, are you looking, you know, who you are, what your skill set is, kind of what you want? Okay. Um, and it should not take more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So very simple, a lot of tools and tips there. And I, and also Simone is so kind. She is offering everybody who's listening today who would like some more information about the cannabis industry, maybe even just strategy, um, to book a free 30-minute session with her. So please take advantage of that. And how can they do that, Simone? Can they email you, or how do you want to do that? You can go to my own website, simonecr.com, S-I-M-O-N-E-C-R.com. And just there's the link, like, book a session. And um, then we'll get an email and just mention, you know, that you heard about here and we will go from there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So mention that you heard about on the skinny on beauty and yeah, I, I end all of my shows with a favorite quote. And I will say, I wanted to share this because I loved this part about CWES as I loved when you said, hope is not a strategy. <laughs> like that is so true. I love that quote. So that is my quote for today. But what is your quote, Simone? So my quote, just as it's very pertinent to my life right now, is that it's by Rumi, and I said this at the at the summit, but um, I had to write it down because I didn't want to butcher it. I, I'm very good at butchering quotes and kind of just saying what I think they are. But yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I am wise, so I am changing myself. And I just find it very pertinent because this journey of entrepreneurship is something that you've got to be a very strong person for, and you've got to focus on you and making sure you can do well before you can start helping others. You know what I mean? And and really before you can kind of change the world. So that's my fa- that's my favorite quote right now, 2018. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show, Simone. 
I can't wait to grab some coffee and get to know you a little bit more. And thank you to all my listeners. Don't forget that you can tweet me at Skinny on Beauty if you want to be a guest on my show. You may also reach out for a consultation with me for building your beauty brand or health brand presence online. In addition to social media marketing, influencer marketing services at Unite Socially. Until next time, stay beautiful, Orange County. You've been listening to another episode of The Skinny on Beauty. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.